Chapter 1 October 1891 Bitter Springs, Wyoming Hey, Mr. Longstreet! Hearing his name, Morgan Longstreet broke stride. He avoided trampling 11-year-old Finn Collins because the boy was as slippery as quicksilver and scuttled sideways at the last possible moment. Morgan looked down and gave him a brief nod. His acknowledgement was not meant to invite conversation, but Finn did not appear to understand that. The boy pivoted and loped beside Morgan, matching his pace across the platform to the station. "'Don't see you much at the station,' said Finn. He glanced over his shoulder at the buckboard waiting at the end of the platform. "'And you brought your wagon. I'm figuring you're taking delivery of something pretty big. Am I right?' Morgan ignored the overture and realized after the fact that it was the wrong tack to take. Finn repeated himself, this time loudly enough to be heard by the couple standing ten yards down the platform. Their heads swiveled in his direction. It took Morgan a moment to place the pair. He was not used to seeing George and Abigail Johnson away from the mercantile they owned. He touched the brim of his hat and nodded once. Petite Abigail Johnson smiled fulsomely, while George raised his hand in greeting. Morgan was satisfied, even grateful, that the exchange ended there. Morgan gauged the distance to the rail station's entrance and lengthened his stride. He turned sharply when he reached the door. Out of the corner of his eye, he saw Finn make another artful dodge to keep himself from being bowled over. Morgan could feel the boy dogging his heels right up to the counter. Afternoon. Jefferson Collins said. The station agent raised himself a few inches above the stool he was sitting on, leaned over the counter, and extended an arm around Morgan Longstreet to grasp a handful of his grandson's shirt and pull him sideways. You think I can't see you hiding behind Mr. Longstreet? What are you fussing at the man for, Finn? I wasn't fussing. Morgan looked down at Finn and saw the boy was regarding him hopefully anticipating, perhaps, that there would be support for his denial. He promised himself he would make it up to Finn some other time. Today, Morgan said nothing. Mr. Collins released Finn's shirt, smoothed the material over the boy's shoulder, and gave him a light swat. Course you weren't. Go on outside. Find your brother and make yourself useful to Mr. and Mrs. Johnson. Their son will have bags, maybe a trunk. Mind you don't get underfoot. But I... The station agent stopped the protest with a stern look and pointed toward the door. Finn hung his head and heaved a sigh. Mr. Collins was unmoved. He kept his arm extended and his finger post firmly in place until Finn shuffled out. When the door closed, he sat back on his stool, adjusted his spectacles, and sighed almost as heavily as his grandson. "'He's a trial, Mr. Longstreet.' growing like a weed, but still a trial. Morgan thought he heard more affection than complaint. He shrugged. It's been remarked the same about me. It was his recollection that there had been more complaint and less affection. Mr. Collins nodded. I reckon it's a universal truth about boys. We are all of us trials. He set his folded hands on top of the counter. What can I do for you, Mr. Longstreet? Don't often have the chance to inquire how I can help. You're still a stranger to town. Morgan ignored this last observation and spoke only to the question. Is the train running on time? 
Since you're standing here now, I suppose you're asking about the 240 train and not the one that passes through at 8. Yes, the 240. The station agent checked his pocket watch. You've got 20 minutes, Mr. Longstreet. Last communication was about an hour ago. No reason to expect number 486 is going to be anything but on time. He pointed to the long bench in front of the window. You're welcome to wait there. I offered the same to George and Abby, but they're too excited to sit. They've been waiting since 1.30 just in case the train arrived early. Son's coming home from college. That's something, I can tell you. Buster coming home and being a college graduate. Only one other person in Bitter Springs with that kind of education. Morgan watched Mr. Collins' prominent Adam's apple bob as the agent took a deliberate pause and swallowed. Morgan supposed he was expected to ask after the identity of the only other person in Bitter Springs.